you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Yeah, this is Total Access on Wednesday, August 30th. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining us. That's not your line, but you delivered it so well. Uh, Let's keep it. That is the voice of today's special guest who returns to the pod after an inexcusably long absence. He's a man who went from undrafted to Super Bowl champion. He played a major role in one of the most famous plays in the history of the NFL. A man for whom the O-lineman description, Big Ugly, does not apply. In fact, he's a man for whom the phrase, piercing blue eyes, was written. As kind as he is funny, as smart as he is svelte, pop culture genius, equally generous, he's former Giant Center Sean O'Hara. Welcome back to the Pod 60. Oh, thanks, Drew. I love the intro right there. Um, You know, yeah, it has definitely been way too long. I think I I spent the summer, um, you know, working out and watching football and, and, and drinking beer. So um, that may have alluded to the laps. You really do look great. I'm, I'm always amazed. A lot of the bigs, Joe Thomas and you, years after, it's not very long after you guys retire, that the body starts to sort of like approximate, uh, you know, normal human proportions. Are you happier with the post-NFL body? No doubt. Uh, I'm happier. I'm healthier. Um, you're lighter. Um, you're like lighter on your feet, I should think. Yeah, definitely lighter on my feet. I just kicked my, my son's butt in tennis. Um, so I'm, I mean, I'm doing things that I never did before at 300 pounds. Like I would have never played tennis unless it was on the Wii at 300 pounds. Um, so life is better now. And my wife actually like does a double take. I mean, sometimes I'll catch her. Um, so it's been a long time since that's happened. But I think one of the things that is interesting is the reaction from people when they see it and they're like, oh my gosh, like you're a different person. I look back on pictures now when I see it when I played and I, I cringe and I'm like, wow, I can't believe I was that heavy. But the thing that people don't realize, Drew, is it's hard to be fat. It's hard to be 300 pounds. It's a lot of work. And for Joe Thomas, for myself, we were those type of offensive linemen that had to work to be 300 pounds. We had to keep, we had to keep eating and working out and training like meatheads to be 300, 315. So when you get done playing, you're used to training hard and working out hard. Now you just reverse the process. I will say this. I tell everybody it was a hell of a lot more fun putting on 75 pounds than it is taking it off. Easy to keep off, though, now now that you're down to this, you know, this pencil-thin yeah. silhouette. And now it's just kind of – it's become part of my lifestyle. Like yeah. I, I don't go a day without working out for 30 to 45 minutes in some capacity. Um, and it's just a, a lifestyle change in diet. Um, I don't eat carbs, really, unless it's a vegetable carb or unless it's a liquid carb. Okay, now you're just showing off. Enough about that. I am your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy, and on today's show is simple, really. Like the thermal exhaust port on the Death Star, the champs have a weakness. Sean will tell us what it is. And, of course, one is left to wonder if the Lions have the young Jedi to exploit that weakness. Sean has a take on the Trey Lance trade that, you know what, finally makes sense to me. And it's a Dak-friendly take for anyone in a hurry to get pissed off on behalf of Dallas is number four. Can't wait for Sean to share that. And of course, since he's a native son of New Jersey, we're going to ask him about the three teams in New York. 
You do wonder where the edge comes from and all of your friends who hail from New Jersey? Look, being famous for proximity to a different place will make brittle even the most gentle of spirits. That's on the way. Plus, I'm going to attempt to engage this man in a Hall of Fame debate about his friend Eli Manning. And look, angry Giants fan, I'm not saying Eli shouldn't get in. I just want to hear a more informed take as to why he will. No one more informed than this man right here. Sean O'Hara, thank you in advance. Are you ready? Ready to rock. Then let's kick it off with this. Mahomes in the pocket, floats a pass near side, Kelsey over the shoulder, touchdown! Okay, Sean O'Hara, Patrick Mahomes can't be it. Travis Kelsey can't be it. But you say there is a weakness on the champions, there is a weakness on the Chiefs. What is it? Offensively, I think we're in this kind of weird area where the defending Super Bowl champions are bringing—they're going to start week one with two new tackles. Donovan Smith at left tackle, Jawan Taylor at right tackle. Now, in this free agency period, this past offseason, they signed Jamar Taylor to a monster deal and actually kind of gave the stiff arm to Orlando Brown, who was their tackle. And everybody said, whoa, Jamar Taylor has only been a right tackle. And I think a lot of people kind of cringed at You're paying him left tackle money. You're going to ask him to flip sides. Um, and everybody on the outside says, oh, boy, you're, you're an offensive lineman. What's the difference from going from your right side to your left side? And Drew, you and I have had this conversation before, and I say um, my PG analogy is next time you go to brush your teeth at night, do it with your left hand. If you're right-handed, do it with your left hand. If you're left-handed, do it with your right hand. See how much toothpaste you get on your mouth. Um, the radar version is going number two, but I keep it PG. Brush your teeth with the opposite hand, and you can get it done. But it feels awkward. It takes a little while to kind of get the motion, and you just get stuff. And you're not so, going game speed because if you do go game speed, you're going to pierce a hole through your cheek. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. You're gonna you're gonna rupture a gum somewhere. Um, it's it, you're, it's going to be painful. So there's there's that at, you know part of it, and then they okay. signed Donovan Smith. So it was like, all right, Jawan's going to be at right on right tackle now. That makes sense. But the thing that jumps out at me with both these guys, Drew, is the other two two of the most penalized tackles in the league. For in the last, you know, going back to 2019, Donovan Smith led the league in penalties a couple years ago, and Jamar Taylor uh, led the league a couple years ago as well. So these are two very penalized tackles. Um, that's something they're going to really have to clean up if they want to defend the title. Sean O'Hara is not making this up, listener. Jawan Taylor with 36 accepted offensive penalties committed since 2019. That number, most in the NFL. Donovan Smith with 34 accepted offensive penalties committed since 2019. That is second most in the NFL. So you have your two biggest offenders now sharing a unit, sharing a room, sharing an offensive line. And of course, they now share a great deal of responsibility in keeping number 15 clean. So that is a big ask. And I guess the follow-up question would be, based on what you know of this Lions D-line, based on what you know uh, from what you've seen from them this offseason, is this a unit capable of potentially taking advantage of an early season Chiefs O-line that is still learning how to mesh, still doing their chemistry experiment? Yeah, I think one of the things that we saw from Detroit last year as they won eight of their last ten was that they were able to, to win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. Um, you know, look, defensively, they, you know, they gave up some big plays and, and the, the secondary is probably their weakness for, uh, for Detroit. But Aiden Hutchinson, it, it was an absolute stud last year. He didn't look like a rookie. And just watching him this season, he has just added more knowledge, more expertise, more um, technique. And 
I think people don't realize how tall Aiden Hutchinson is, how big he is, and yet how low he gets and how much bend he has. And bend, you may hear that a lot when people talk about pass rushers. Bend is their ability to get low and get down and run that circle as they rush the quarterback. Not everybody can do that and get low enough to get underneath the offensive tackles. And points. Hutchinson can in spite of his yeah. of his imposing frame. Listener, I would invite you to just conjure up the image of Von Miller in your head right now. When you imagine Von Miller coming around the edge, that is the precisely the kind of bend that that Sean O'Hara is talking about. And now imagine that Aiden Hutchinson actually towers over Von Miller. Imagine that that silhouette cutting through and bending like a sailboat you know, almost sideways in a in a in a fierce wind. That is Aiden Hutchinson coming around the corner. Okay, so potential concerns and questions at O line is something that this Lions D line can exploit. But Aiden Hutchinson can't do it alone. Uh, is that unit good enough across the board to take advantage? Yeah, I think that's really you know the, the challenge that um, Dan Campbell was faced with, and, and it's why we saw him you know go to the well early on in the draft, uh, getting Jack Campbell. Um, he's on uh, he's not related to Dan, um, but getting some guys that can stop the run and, and that are much more physical at the point of attack. So that's going to be their key number one. You know, obviously the Chiefs they're not a run first offense. But, you know, every defense wants to make offenses one-dimensional. And so I think that's the big challenge. You know, the, 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 the equalizer in all this is Mahomes. And, you know, he gets the ball out so quick sometimes, but he does hold on to the ball and he does roll out and he does ad lib and do stuff. And that's when those penalties can kind of rear their ugly head. So, um, you know, I think that's, that's the challenge for them offensively. And, you know, really in this matchup, I think if you're the Chiefs, if you could score early and get Detroit out of a run-first mentality offensively, then that game is kind of playing right into your hands. Um, and then you can kind of lean on Pop, uh, Pacheco, and, and, and Jet McKinnon. Uh, we do hear your dog in the background. Full disclosure, uh, listener, we are not allowed to bring our pets to NFL media. Sean O'Hara uh, is not restricted. Should I call the cops? Is there an intruder? Should we be concerned? Uh, no, I think they're just alerting me that uh, some, someone's at the door. So it might be my son getting dressed for, uh, for football practice. Good to know. Are you concerned at all? Just a quick question here. Are you concerned at all about the potential absence of Chris Jones and what that does to the run-stopping ability of this Kansas City Chiefs D-line? Yeah, I think that would be a, a huge loss for Steve Spagnuolo and that defensive front. Chris Jones is one of those guys that you have to really game plan for. What are we going to do? And whenever you have a guy like him, you know, a J.J. Watt or what we call like a werewolf. Um, you either have to run at them and attack them or you run away from them. Well, you run at speed guys and you run away from power guys. So um, I think for Chris Jones, he kind of has both. So, it, you, you know, you kind of have to pick your poison. But the Chiefs the last couple of years have actually put him outside a lot more as opposed to the traditional defensive tackle position. They've lined him up as defensive end. And that has created quite a, a mismatch when he's matched up against tight ends who he outweighs by 50 to 60 pounds sometimes. So that has really worked. Um, if he's not there, man, I'm sure the offensive line for the Lions, they're, they're, they're like, hey, this is great if he doesn't come back and play in week one. We will take the Chiefs minus Chris Jones. Uh, he's a game wrecker. And then, of course, on third down, every offensive line in the NFL, when you're playing the Chiefs and you break the huddle, the first thing you look at is where's Jones? Where's he at? Where's 95? 
Translation, new blood and new positions on the Chiefs O-line, along with the potential absence of a very important player, Chris Jones, of course, on their D-line, could spell vulnerability that, yes, Sean O'Hara says, the Detroit Lions are capable of exploiting. Last word on this goes to you. Finish this sentence, Sean O'Hara. I wouldn't be surprised if the kickoff game, September 7th, kickoff 820 Eastern, on NBC between the Chiefs, the defending champions, and the upstart Lions, the ankle-biting Lions, finishes how I think it finishes with a interception by the Chiefs because I think Detroit get, keeps the game close and I think they're they're leaning on a last minute drive to try to seal the victory and I think the Chiefs come up with a turnover I will take it right now I will I will snap this out of your hand if you were to offer me a game that comes down to the final drive one way or another I love that for us there's a reason to watch as if you needed another NFL Total Access, the podcast here. Andrew Levy with the Super Bowl champion, Sean O'Hara. And the next topic is Trey Lance and the Cowboys QB replacement. And no, not as in Dak Prescott's replacement, as in a replacement explanation for why Jerry Jones made this deal to begin with. Sean O'Hara, is it to light a fire under the arguably underperforming Prescott? I'll say it for you, no. Is it to push Cooper Rush to QB3? I'll say it for you, no. Is it a shameless grab for headlines and attention? Well, I can't really say no, can we? I mean, it may be a little bit. Yeah, right. If <laughs> you could see the look on Sean O'Hara's face right now, it's maybe a yes. But no, not really. Sean O'Hara, why is this a wise move for the Cowboys? I think for the Cowboys, this gives them a long-term possible replacement for Dak Prescott. We're, I'm talking about down the road. No, Nobody in, that, in the star right now thinks that they're bringing in Trey Lance to compete for the starting spot to push Dak. That's not what this was about. This was about how do we make our ball club better on the back half of our roster. The thing that I look at is if you're the Dallas Cowboys, look at all the mobile quarterbacks you're playing within yes. your division. Giants. Week one. Week one, Sunday Night Football. You've got Daniel Jones. Guess what they do? They run with the football. They're very athletic. Who is simulating that on your scout team? On Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, who is running that offense for you? Is it Will Greer? Is it Cooper Rush? Well, they can't do what Trey Lance can do. And I think Trey Lance, look, people, he just got beat out by Sam Darnold for the number two spot in the 49ers. And you think he's coming in here to take Dak Prescott's spot? No, that's not it. He came here to help make this team better. And it might just be making the Cowboys defense better during the week so that they're more prepared on Sunday for the type of quarterback they're going to face. Um, I think, look, they, they saw an opportunity to grab, uh, was it a third overall pick? And a talented kid like that and say, you know what? Hey, maybe we can groom him. Maybe he helps us as we're in our negotiations with Dak Prescott for a long-term deal. Maybe he ends up being the heir down the road. But in the short term, for right now, he's going to make us better because he's going to get our defense ready. Translation, this is not as an instant replacement for Dak or even a threat to replace Dak. No, this is about preparation. This is about preparation. Look at that Cowboys schedule. Sean O'Hara is absolutely right. They face the very mobile and very dangerous Daniel Jones, of course, division rival, twice this season. They face Jalen Hurts, mobile, dangerous, twice this season. And look who else appears on the Cowboys schedule this year. Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. So just those five games alone jump off the page as exactly supporting what Sean O'Hara is suggesting that Trey Lance is a great pickup because he makes this team better in terms of preparation.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. Thank you for listening, by the way, to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer, Andrew Levy. With the center of attention, Sean O'Hara. Uh, quick question. How's your golf game? You you know, this this offseason, have you gotten out there? Yeah, it's, it's pretty solid right now. I'm what 14. are we looking at? I'm a 14 index. So let's see. My last round, I think I shot a, uh, I think I shot an 86. Nice. 87. So right on, right on the number, 86, 14. Yeah. Are you like a country club kid now? You've earned it. I mean, are you playing courses that I probably can't get on? Just just tell me the truth. You can say yes. You know, I like to consider myself uh, the Bob Hope. Um, I'm, I'm everybody's guest. I'm, I'm America's guest. You'll I, go I wherever go, invited. I go wherever I can get out, whenever I can get on. I, I'll play nine holes. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not one of those guys that just, you know, will uh, – you know, look down upon people for just that just want to play nine holes. I, I'll do that. Um, but yeah, I can go anywhere. I can go, um, you know, I can go to, to Bushwood, um, where gambling is illegal. Apparently, you Bushwood, I can, I can, I can play there. I can play in, on public courses. I do you can, ever go to I Bethpage can, Black? Have you ever been out there? I played a long time ago, years ago. Uh, Brutally long, hard, isn't it? Long, long. I mean, the llama, the llama would be okay because he's a big hitter. The llama, he's long, but that's a long course and it's a long walk. But who's beautiful. who's the llama? You know the the llama from Caddyshack. Oh, the llama. From, uh, thank you. The da- Dalai Lama. Thank you. Big hitter. Big yes. hitter. Thank you. Thank you. Um, no, are no, you giving no, no, strokes? Go 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 Thank you. Are you giving strokes to Eli, or is he giving strokes to you? Uh, he's giving strokes to me. And, is he single um, digit? He is single digit. I would say he's probably like an eight. Uh, so he's, he's you know, depending on the course, he's quarterbacks, right? Where we're at. Yeah. I mean, well, listen, he belongs to so many damn clubs. Um, so he's, he plays golf, you know, more than pro golfers do. Um, so he's got a leg up on all that, but, um, I, I know how to rattle him so I can, I can kind of get him out of his, uh, out of his swing zone when, when I see that he's in a groove. Okay. Is one of the ways that you rattle him to tell him that he is not going to get into the hall of fame? Don't answer that question. That is a tease for a question I'm throwing your way in a moment. But first let's talk New York, Sean O'Hara. It's always the center of attention on the American map, but also certainly this year in the NFL campaign, this year is only going to reinforce the centrality of New York focus. So let's get your predictions about the three New York teams, the Bills, the Jets, and your beloved Giants. I'm not necessarily looking for a record, Sean. That's a bit dull, um, and it's not that memorable unless you really went ham on somebody. I'm kind of playing the vibes here. I don't know if you've ever seen Love Island UK, but I've got Love Island UK rhythms of speech and word choice still rattling around in my head. Thank you, Gracie. In it, in it. So what are these teams giving? Let's talk Bills first. Josh Allen, the also-rans, the best team not to win squat. What's the Bills 2023 roster say to you? When you see Josh Allen in that 17 jersey, what's it giving? Is he giving division title vibes, Super Bowl run feels, or maybe window closing energy? Yeah, I don't think the window's closing. I don't think that's an issue. I, I look at Josh Allen. I think he's extremely motivated. 
based off what happened last year. He knows that he single-handedly cost them some football games last year. You go back to the Jets game in MetLife, like he had some awful turnovers. He ended up hurting his elbow. Um, there, there, was, there was way too many turnovers from Josh Allen, and I felt like he was just trying to do too much. And that was some of the narrative we, talk, we heard about with Sean McDermott this offseason. Hey, he needs to take better care of himself, and he certainly needs to take better care of the football. I think the thing for Josh is, you don't have to be Superman. You don't have to do everything. Like th there's other guys on your team that are pretty good, and let them earn their money. Let them earn their paycheck. Stephon Diggs getting paid a lot of money. Let him do it. He just drafted this tight end, Dalton Kincaid. I think he's going to be a great we weapon for him. So, I think offensively, I really don't have any concerns with them. I think they're going to hit the ground running, and they're going to be a juggernaut offensively. Defensively, I'm a little curious how the Leslie Frazier stepping away from the game can impact things. Um, you know, Leslie, I, I think what he's done with that defense, I don't think he's got enough credit for how good they have been over the last few years. And, you know, the loss of Leslie Frazier and the loss of Tremaine Edmonds, that Matt Milano's back there in the middle, but Tremaine Edmonds was quietly one of their superstars on defense. And I think those are two um, voids that they're really going to have to fill. Of course, Sean McDermott's going to play a bigger role in that defensive philosophy, but Calling the game after you get through the first drive and seeing what are the changes, what are they doing differently, how are they attacking us different than what we thought they were going to do, that's something that is a gift. And not every coach does that as well as the other ones. So um, that's kind of what I'm going to have my eye on for the Bills this season. Okay, I, I love that. Now, keep in mind, listener, that the defensive coordinator position is still vacant with the Bills. Every expectation, of course, as Sean has just intimated, is that Sean McDermott will run that unit. The question now becomes, will he be spread too thin with head coaching duties and also now kind of being the ostensible de facto DC of a team at the same time? And I will go back and push back a little bit, Sean, on what you said about Josh Allen not being Superman, because I think you're absolutely right I totally agree with that that he cannot be Superman he cannot play hero ball it gets him in trouble and if he needs reminding just look at some of the tape from last season as you intimated however can you really name one explosive running option other than Josh Allen on this team? And it's no disrespect to James Cook, and it's no disrespect to Damian Harris or Latavius Murray. These are guys who have who have done great shifts in the NFL, but none of these guys is a bell cow back. None of these guys is a real threat out of the backfield. So I kind of wonder if what you're suggesting the Bills do can even be done. I think he needs to be Superman yet again, and that is not a winning proposition. Am I overstating this? I think there's going to be times where they're going to ask Josh to run, and they're going to say, hey, we've got some quarterback design runs, and it's for good reason. He is a weapon. He's not just a quarterback that you're going to just, you know, every once in a while sprinkle in a quarterback design run. No, he is a weapon. It's not those plays that he needs to be careful of. It's the plays when things are breaking down, and he's trying to scramble and make something, make you know, make something out of nothing. Um, um, I think that's where he's, you know, he, he's aware of it. It's something that is fixable. It's correctable. We saw Daniel Jones correct all of that, the turnovers uh, from the previous year. So those are things that they can correct. Um, I, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the fact that Vaughn Miller is coming off of ACL. Yes. Um, when they brought him last year, he was their big game hunter. They brought him in for one reason, the big games. Super Bowl MVP, this guy gets after it. And not having him to start the season um, that could be a big impact. They obviously just traded Boogie Basham to the New York Giants as well. Um, so the pass rush, I think, is going to be something to look and keep an eye on as the season starts. Let's turn to the noisy neighbors at MetLife, the tenants who are throwing louder and louder parties than ever before, the Jets. I want to know what the ceiling is. I want to know what the floor is. And I want to know what the truth is. What's the ceiling for this team? 
That's a great question. I, I feel like they are absolute contenders in this division now because of Aaron Rodgers. But I also don't know what type of team they are. You know, last year they had the Offensive Rookie of the Year, the Defensive Rookie of the Year, and nobody even would even like accuse them of being a somewhat good team. They were a bad team, right. and yet they had these stars. Right. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, look, he's a bad man, and he's a phenomenal quarterback. How many Lombardi trophies has he won in the last five to seven years? Yeah, that's you know, zero. It's not automatic. So are they a better team with Aaron Rodgers? A thousand percent, and not just offensively. That defense going up against him in practice, I talked to Robert Sala in, in the preseason, before the preseason game of the Jets and the Giants game, and he just said, when I asked him about it, I said, what's it like having AR run the show? And he's like, dude, you have no idea. It's it's unbelievable. We do like a move the ball drill, and you know he's calling plays and changing things to the line of scrimmage and just attacking our defense, and it's made me better. It made us better because we look and say, oh, wow, that's where we're going. Okay, we got to find a way to defend that. So he's definitely playing chess, and he's a next-level thinker. I also think the accountability factor, it's a lot like when Brady went to Tampa Bay. Yes. Everybody's like, Brady's here. Like, don't mess up. Don't run your route at seven yards if it's supposed to be nine yards. You know, don't miss that Mike linebacker if that's responsible. You don't want to come back to the huddle and get the glare from Brady. You don't want to get that glare from AR. Like, it's coming. It's going to happen. So I think from that standpoint, you know, look, your mom can tell you to clean your room over and over and over again. When your brother comes in and says, clean your damn room, it resonates differently. So I think that aspect of it has changed the Jets dramatically. I don't know if how good the offensive line is going to be. Mekhi Becton just took his first reps with the first team in that preseason game against the Giants. Can he last the whole season? I don't know. He hasn't played he hasn't played a, a full game since 2020, I believe. So that is a big factor. And then, of course, Dwayne Brown, who's 39 years old, can he hold up? Um, those are two pivotal pieces of that offense. Um, if those two guys aren't out there and if they're not healthy, I think it's a different Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think it probably is. And when you look at that schedule, which we talked about on Monday, starting, of course, with the Bills, then Cowboys away, then Patriots, then Chiefs, a brutal first four games of the season. You start slowly. You have difficult. You have a difficult time meshing, uh, getting that chemistry to work. You could be behind from the off, and that is not a position that Aaron Rodgers no. and the Jets want to be in. Okay, but the ceiling. Right, no, exactly. <laughs> like you, you start out, you know, zero and three or one and two, and you're you're having a couple of bad games. You're not going out to dinner in Manhattan. Don't think that your cousin Vinny's not going to let you hear it on your way to the table. <laughs> cousin Vinny. Um, okay, so the ceiling is a contender in this AFC East. Jets fans love to hear that. What's the floor? I mean, a playoff I missing them. fourth place in the AFC East. Yeah, I mean, I can't see him not not winning eight or nine games. Okay, I, mean, I think they were a seven and ten floor, team last year. Yeah, I think the floor is they make it in as a wild card. I love that. I think Jets fans are going to love to hear that, too. Now, what's the truth? Sean O'Hara, if you were to take a stab at it right now, we won't hold you to it tomorrow. What do the 2023 New York Jets do? I, I think that they I think they make the playoffs, and I think they win a playoff game. I don't know if I don't know that they're a Super Bowl caliber team. I don't know you go from, you know, seven wins and, and this whole change. It's, it's hard. Um I think it's it's fun for football. It's fun to see these teams turning around. Um, but I don't know. At this point in time right now, I don't look at them and say, boy, they're a Super Bowl contender, slam dunk, hands down. I'm not, I'm not ready to do that. Week eight, I might have a different opinion. Okay, now drum roll, please. Okay, come on. We can do better than that. How about like a New York jazz drum roll? Like Art Blakey kind of shit. 
Oh, that's good. Well, it's better. It's not great, but it's better. Okay, what do your boys, what do your New York Giants do for an encore as you sit here right now on August 30th? What are you feeling? What is your team giving? Is it better than last year, which seems improbable when you consider how surprising they were? Do they improve? Are they a better team? Is Darren Waller that much of a difference maker? I'll stop asking questions. You start answering. Go. This New York Giants team is more confident than I've seen in in, a, in probably five years. Um, I, I look at this offense, and I would go to practice, Drew, and I would see Daniel Jones go entire practice, and, and not one ball is on the ground. Not one incompletion. Like He just doesn't miss right now. And he's playing with a totally different demeanor. And maybe it's because of the contract. Maybe it's because it's year two in a functional offense. Um, he has unbelievable command of the offense and the huddle. And I think bringing in Darren Waller has completely opened up everything for Daniel Jones. He has a go-to guy. He has a guy he knows I can come to him in man coverage and he's going to win. And I trust him. And I think that's huge. Every quarterback needs somebody they can trust. So Darren Waller is, is a unicorn. I mean, he's, he's been unguardable in training camp. Um, and the really biggest thing with him is just load management. They've got to keep him healthy. Um, for the long run. So I also think um, Saquon Barkley um, basically playing for his next deal. I'll take a running back that, that's hungry and that runs angry over a fat cat any day. And I think that's, you know, that, that to me means something. Saquon still wants to be a New York Giant, and I think he just has to go out and prove it one more year. So I like that aspect of it. This offense is going to be a lot better, and certainly in the red zone, that's where they can improve. Um, but Jalen Hyatt is going to add the explosive plays that Giants fans have been asking for. Where are the slash plays? Where's the big chunk plays? Jalen Hyatt just eats up yards. Every single day that I'd go out to practice, I'd see him running by a corner, running through a safety, stepping on a safety's toes and breaking out. It's amazing the amount of space he can create in these routes. And coming out of Tennessee, everybody kind of felt like he was a one-trick pony because they put him in the slot and just asked him to do go routes. He can do so much more than that. So uh, this is this offense is going to look a lot different. I think the, the Giants are hands down a better team this year. Does that mean they're going to have a better record than they did last year? I don't know because they've got a tough schedule. The great thing about winning a playoff game is uh, it's it's a great season and everybody's excited. The tough thing is the next year you got a tougher schedule. Four out of the first six games are primetime games, so we're going to get to see them early and often. They are one of two teams that plays three games in 11 days to start the season. So the, the start of the season is brutal um, for both the Giants and the 49ers. They play that Thursday night short week, um, so they're both kind of in the same boat with that. Um, the Giants are playing at Arizona in week two. They're going to stay there and train for a couple of days and then fly through San Francisco and play on Thursday night on a short week. So. That could be a huge start uh, for them, obviously opening up with the Cowboys on Sunday Night Football. Um, but I think the big key really defensively is how do these two young corners, how do they start out? Because they drafted Deontay Banks 24th, 25th overall, and they knew he was going to be a starter. Dory Jackson was supposed to be the other starter on the outside. They moved him into the slot because he's their best slot corner, and he did it graciously. He said, whatever helps the team. And Trey Hawkins, who they drafted later on, I think a seventh-round pick, he has been phenomenal. He's 6'3", 195 pounds. He's long. He's got length. Um, the Giants are going to start two rookie corners week one against the Cowboys. Um, that could be an interesting matchup, um, and, and we'll see how they hold up. Translation, Sean O'Hara believes that his New York Giants are a better football team this year than they were last year, and we will find out soon enough with three games in 11 days to start this brutal but potentially defining 2023 campaign.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You are listening to NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm your host, NFL Network senior writer Andrew Levy. With me today, the Super Bowl champion, Sean O'Hara. Do you ever get sick of that as a definition for you, Super Bowl champion Sean O'Hara? Never. No, how could you? The final question. I know you have to take your son to football practice. Our cup has already runneth over, so thank you for your patience. But it's a question that you are uniquely qualified to answer. When people around you say things like, Eli Manning is not a Hall of Famer. What is your response to that? And not just the bravado of a friend sticking up for a friend. You know this man. You know what he's accomplished. More to the point, you have spent time with him in these grueling campaigns. You see how he prepares. You saw how he plays. And you saw that when the light shone the brightest, that man stepped up. Is that enough of a case, however? Is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer, Sean O'Hara? He is, and here's why. The Hall of Famers are, are two parts, right? You're, you're either the best, one of the best players at your position throughout your entire career, or you've done something nobody else has ever done. I, I ask people all the time, can you write the record books of the NFL without Eli Manning? Can you talk about the history of the game, some of the best plays in the entire history of the NFL on the biggest stage? Can you write that book? without Eli Manning? And the answer is no. So he's a Hall of Famer because how he played at the biggest stage and the biggest upsets in NFL history, he played his best football. Not just in the Super Bowl, but you look back at the NFC Championship games and both Super Bowl runs, he outplayed Brett Favre. He outplayed the 49ers and he got the crap kicked out of him in that NFC Championship game in San Francisco in the rain. So the way that he played in those big moments, it's a slam dunk. Um, you know, We recently just uh, found out that Tom Coughlin didn't make it in this past year. And while we're all upset about that, because Tom Coughlin, same exact qualifications, you can't write the history books of the NFL without Tom Coughlin and what he did in beating Bill Belichick twice in the Super Bowl um, alongside Eli. Those two guys definitely belong. The silver lining with Tom not getting in this year is next year, I believe, is Eli's first year of eligibility. Wouldn't it be neat? If they went in together. Just listen to what Sean O'Hara said. It's absolutely right. I, I think that's, honestly, Sean, that's the best, most lucid and most thoughtful argument for Eli that I have heard, and I thank you for it. In the movie, does Eli Manning have to be a character in the movie about the history of the NFL? And the answer is unequivocally, undoubtedly, yes. I want to thank today's special guest, Sean O'Hara, number 60, the Super Bowl champion. I'm sorry we kept you a few minutes over, but, man, you're so good. We just couldn't let you go. Thank you for joining us today, Sean. All right. Thanks, Drew. Good to see you, buddy. And I want to invite the listener to join us next time. Over the next few days, we will bring you a fantasy prep course for the 2023 campaign, and we will do a look back at the first four episodes of Hard Knocks. Uh, we'll sort of recap those and get you ready for the final fifth episode of Hard Knocks. That's coming in the days to come. Till then, take care of you, take care of your crew, and ciao for now.
NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.